Hello and welcome back to Between the Notes, a motif music podcast recorded at the parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we are sitting down with local solo artist Kate Clifford. We want to thank the parlor for hosting, as well as our other sponsors, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and Fabric Fall River. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guests before we sit down with her to discuss her experiences with the local music scene. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Hail, hail the first of May, oh, for it is the first summer's day, oh, cast your cares and fears away. Drink to the old horse on the first of May. Winter time is gone and past, oh. Summer time is come at last, oh. We shall sing and dance the day and follow the hobby horse that brings the May. So hail, hail the first of May, oh, for it is. First summer's day, oh, cast your cares and fears away. Drink to the old horse on the first of May. Bluebells, they have started to ring, oh, and true love, it is the thing, oh, love on any other day is never the same as on the first of may so hail hail the first of may oh for it is the first summer's day oh cast your cares and fears away drink to the old horse on the first of may Never let it come to pass, so we should fail to raise a glass unto those now gone away, and left us the hobby horse to bring the May, so hail, hail the first of May, oh, for it is the first summer's day, oh. Cast your cares and fears away. Drink to the old horse on the first of May. Winter time is gone and past, oh. Summer time is come at last, oh. We shall sing and dance the day. And follow the hobby horse that brings the May. Hi, y'all. Uh, I'm Kate Clifford, and that was May Song, as written by Dave Weber in England. Um, that is a song written in tr- honor of and in tribute to May Day, which is the first of May, um, and the celebrations thereof in Cornwall. Uh, It is not a traditional song. However, um, Dave sang it in Cornwall and was told by someone Cornish that he should leave Cornish songs to the Cornish. So they think that it is. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, yes. And so welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. 
uh, please feel free to sing along with the choruses at home or here if you are one of the three lovely human beings who is in this space. Um, the next song, however, does not have one, so you have a little bit of a break. This is a very quick, tiny little song. I collect those with my friend Ben. Um, this is called Robin Hood, Robin Hood, and was written in 1609 by a man called Thomas Ravenscroft. Another tradition of May 1st is Robin Hood plays in England, and I love Robin Hood. He's one of my favorite figures in the world, um, and I collect Robin Hood songs as well, so this is one of those. Blink and you'll miss it, so listen close. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, said little John, go dance before the queen, oh, in a red petticoat and a green jacket, a white hose and a green, oh. Robin Hood, Robin Hood went into town to dance before the queen, oh, in a red petticoat and a green jacket, a white hose and a green, oh. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, said Little John, ne'er dance before the queen, oh, in a red petticoat and a green jacket, a white hose and a green, oh. Why he shouldn't dance in front of the queen, especially since Little John told him to, we may never know. There are two other parts of the circle dance, and I don't have them yet, but maybe that will have the answer. <laughs> um... So May Day is a day of much significance, and other than being uh, the marker of an old fertility festival called Beltane, it is also International Workers' Day. So my next song for you is a song about the importance and vitality, by which I mean vitalness, of unions and what happens when you don't have them. Um, this is a song called The Testimony of Patience Kershaw and is based off of the testimony of a 17-year-old miner, which was collected in 1842 by the Ashley Mines Commission in England um, and was set to a tune by Frank Higgins in the 1970s. Uh, and he, he wrote a couple of the verses as well, I believe. I got it from the singing of Sally Rogers. I'm just gonna uh, hydrate for a second and then <laughs> and then off we go. Right, so and this is Patience Kershaw. It's good of you to ask me, sir to tell you how I spend my days. Down in a coal black tunnel, sir, I hurry corves to earn my pay. The corves are full of coal kind, sir. I push them with my hands and head. It isn't ladylike, but sir, you've got to earn your daily bread. I push them with my hands and head, and so my hair gets worn away. You see this baldy patch I've got, it shames me like I just can't say. A lady's hair 
hands are lily white, but mine are full of cuts and sags. And since I'm pushing all the time, I've great big muscles on my legs. I try to be respectable, but oh, the shame, God save my soul. I work with naked, sweating men who curse and swear and hew the coal. The sights, the sounds, the smells, kind sir, not even God could know my shame. I say my prayers, but what's the use? Tomorrow will be just the same. And sometimes, sir, I don't feel well. My stomach's sick, my head, it aches. I've got to hurry best I can. My knees are weak, my back near breaks. And then I'm slow, and then I'm scared those naked men will batter me. But they're not to blame, for if I'm slow, their families will starve, you see. Now all the lads, they laugh at me, and sir, my mirror tells me why. Pale and dirty can't look nice. It doesn't matter how I try. Great big muscles on my leg. A baldy patch upon my head. A lady, sir. Oh, no, not me. I should have been a boy instead. I know your good intentions, sir. I love your kind and gentle heart. But now it's 1842. You and I, we're miles apart. A hundred years and more will pass before we're standing side by side. But please accept my grateful thanks. God bless you, sir, at least you tried. The testimony of Patience Kershaw. Oof, <laughs> that one always gets to me because she was 17. Um, yeah, unions are important, guys. Um, okay, so while we're singing about women's work, I'm going to offer you a, a sea song that's called When I Was a Fair Maid. I don't actually remember where I learned it. Um, I believe it's from the English tradition, but I hear it sung so much and learned it so long ago that I don't remember where it came from. Um, but I think you'll enjoy the story of it. Uh, when I was a fair maid. We'll just enliven things a little. 
When I was a fair maid about 17, I listed in the Navy for to serve the king. I listed in the Navy, a sailor lad to stand, for to hear the cannons rattling and the music so grand, the music so grand, the music so grand, for to hear the cannons rattling and the music so grand. The officer who listed me was a tall and a handsome man. He said, you'll make a sailor, so come along, my lad. My waist being tall and slender, my fingers long and thin. Whatever they did learn me, I soon exceeded them. I soon exceeded them. I soon exceeded them. Whatever they did learn me, I soon exceeded them. They sent me to bed and they sent me to bunk To lie with a sailor I never was afraid But taking off my blue coat sure it often made me smile To think I was a sailor and a maiden all the while A maiden all the while, a maiden all the while To think I was a sailor and a maiden all the while they sent me to London for to guard the tower and shore. I thought I'd be there till my very dying hour. But a lady fell in love with me. I told her I was a maid. She went straight to the captain and my secret she betrayed. My secret she betrayed. My secret she betrayed. She went straight to the captain and my secret she betrayed. The captain he came to me and he asked if this was so. I dared not, I dared not, I dared not say no. It's a pity we should lose you, such a sailor lad you've made. It's a pity we should lose such an able young maid, an able young maid, an able young maid. It's a pity we should lose such an able young maid. So it's fare thee well, my captain, you've been so kind to me. And likewise to my shipmates, I'm sorry to part with thee. If ever the Navy needs a lad, a sailor I'll remain. I'll put on my cap and feather and run the rigging again. I'll run the rigging again. I'll run the rigging again. I'll put on my cap and feather and run the rigging again. I'll run the rigging again. I'll run the rigging again. I'll put on my cap and feather and run the rigging again. When I was a fair maid, there's a whole subgenre of women dressing in men's clothes and going off to sea, whether it's to follow a lover or because they feel like joining the Navy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. How's our time? Yeah? Okay. I only have one or two more planned. Okay. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Great. Okay. 
So um, some of you may know that I come to the parlor when such things are allowed for Quahog Choir pub sings, uh, which for those of you who don't know, means that a bunch of us in Providence gather in this space and sing unaccompanied, usually very old, but not always, songs together for hours and hours while we sometimes drink beverages and sometimes eat food. And uh, there's another pub sing that happens in Providence as well um, that is not with the Quahog Choir. Uh, and I hope with all my heart that both of those things will get to happen again at some point soon. Um, but this is my first time in the parlor since before lockdown, so it's really nice to be back um, in the space. And I have echoes of pub sings around me <laughs> as, I, as I go through this set. Um, so my next song is a traditional song from Rhode Island. It was collected by or not collected, it was put together by the Vox Hunters, Armand Araman and Benedict Gagliardi, um, in their Ocean State Songster book, full of Rhode Island songs. Um, they put it together from one set of words and one tune, and I learned it from them. Unfortunately, I don't remember the songs that they combined to make this gorgeousness, but uh, it is one of my favorite love songs. I, uh, I love love songs that have nothing to do with romance or sex, and this is one of my favorites. This is called Bury Me Not in the Deep, Deep Sea. Feel free to sing along on the chorus if you like. Our bark was far, far from the land when the fairest of our gallant band then did he pale and he pined away in the twilight of an autumn day it matters not i have oft been told where the body lies when the heart gets cold for the sake of dear ones waiting for me bury me not in the deep deep sea. We'd watched him through long hours of pain. Our cares were great, our hopes in vain. Death's stroke he gave no coward's alarm, but he smiled and died in his messmate's arms. It matters not, I have oft been told where the body lies when the heart gets cold for the sake of dear ones waiting for me. Bury me not in the deep, deep sea. We had no costly winding sheets. We laid two round shots at his feet. He lays in his hammock as snug and sound as a king in his long shroud, marble bound. It matters not, I have oft been told, where the body lies when the heart gets cold. For the sake of dear ones waiting for me, bury me not in the deep, deep sea.
we proudly decked his funeral vest with the starry flag all on his breast. We gave him this as a badge of the brave, and then he was fit for a sailor's grave. It matters not, I have oft been told, where the body lies when the heart gets cold. For the sake of dear ones waiting for me, bury me not in the deep, deep sea. Our voices broke and our hearts turned weak. Oft tears were seen on the brownest cheek. A quiver played on the lips of pride as we lowered him down the ship's dark side. It matters not, I have oft been told, where the body lies when the heart gets cold. For the sake of dear ones waiting for me, bury me not in the deep, deep sea. A splash and a plunge, and our task was o'er, and the billows rolled as they rolled before, and many wild prayers hallowed the waves as he sank beneath a sailor's grave. It matters not, I have oft been told, where the body lies when the heart gets cold. For the sake of dear ones waiting for me, bury me not in the deep, deep sea. Bury me not. For the chance to share that one, I missed it. Let's just do a quick time check. I've got one more for you. Um, this is one. This song is actually a rhyme that I found uh, on Facebook a couple of years ago in the middle of the Me Too, the Me Too movement. It was written by someone named G.H. Finn as a girl's skipping rhyme in uh, an entire world that this person has crafted. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. All I knew was that it was called Girl's Skipping Rhyme and was listed as a traditional song from that country. I came to find later when I contacted the person who made it that the country was in fact an invention of the creator. But um, this is the girl's skipping rhyme. A melody for it just came knocking at the door of my mind palace, and here it is. This is another quick one, uh, but I thought it was important for right now. <clears throat> I have a deadly nightshade, so twisted does it grow, with berries black as midnight and a skull as white as snow. The vicar's cocky young son came to drink my tea. He touched me without asking. Now he's buried neath a tree. Girls skipping rhyme. Thanks to G.H. Finn for those words. Oh boy. <laughs> ah. 
How's our timing, friends? Yeah? Uh, I can find another one if you like. I'm not, yeah? I'm not sure how much more time we've got, but um, let's see. So uh, what can I give you? Five minutes, great. Thank you. Okay, um, Tess and company, would you like to sing along with me on something? Excellent, I love that answer. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna do a women's shanty is what we're gonna do, or well, I shouldn't call it that. We're going to do a women's work song that was collected in Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, by Helen Creighton, who is my absolute favorite folk song collector. Yes, kids, I do have one of those. Um, she's my favorite, she's the best. But this is a work song that was sung by women at, um, in the harbor uh, when they were, I believe, loading cargo. And the verses, except for the first one, the verses come from uh, Joy Bennett of the Johnson Girls, who heard the field recording, the, the recording that Helen Creighton collected, which is just the chorus, and uh, made a zipper song, what we call a zipper song out of it, which essentially means that she made up some verses that were where you just fill in whatever words you like. This is called Brandy. <clears throat> so um, you guys will pick it up pretty quick, I bet. <laughs> Brandy good for sailor men, brandy oh, early in the morning, brandy oh, early in the morning, get us a drop of brandy, brandy good for sailor men, brandy so that's the whole song, except uh, brandy is the thing that changes. Everything else repeats. Harbor good for sailor men. Harbor oh, early in the morning. Harbor oh, early in the morning. Get us a drop of brandy. Brandy good for sailor men, brandy oh. Tavern good for sailor men, tavern oh, early in the morning, tavern oh, early in the morning. Get us a drop of brandy. Brandy good for sailor men, brandy, oh, shore leave. Shore leave good for sailor men, shore leave, oh, early in the morning. Shore leave, oh, early in the morning. Get us a drop of brandy. Brandy good for sailor men, brandy, oh. Loving good for sailor men, loving, oh, early in the morning. Loving, oh, early in the morning. Get a 
Just a drop of brandy, brandy good for sailor men, brandy, oh, payday. Payday good for sailor men, payday, oh, early in the morning, payday, oh, early in the morning, get us a drop of brandy, brandy good for sailor men, brandy, for sailor men, brandy, oh, early in the morning, brandy, oh, early in the morning, get us a drop of brandy, brandy good for sailor men, brandy, oh. Well, that was fun to hear. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all so much. Thank you, everybody who's watching. I don't, I can't see you. I can't interact with you except to tell you hi, and thank you for watching, and thank you for listening, and I hope you had fun. Um, I sure did. And thank you, Motif, and thank you, Parlor. And let's see. Thank you, Folk Process. Thank you, Dave Weber. Thank you, everybody. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. Excellent. Hello, and welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes. I'm Tess Lyons here with Kate Clifford. How are you doing today? Hi, y'all. Hi, Tess. I'm great. Good? Yeah? Yeah, I'm great. I, I uh, Like I said when I was performing, I really missed the parlor. I really missed singing in here and it's it's funny because I've been singing here for years but never from the stage mm -hmm. because we don't do pub sings on the stage they're not a performance can you so you mentioned pub sings mm -hmm. during your performance can you talk about that a little bit oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so um social singing is a thing that humans have done for like centuries just mm -hmm. absolute centuries and what we do is and that so I mostly hear about it happening in England and happening in Ireland, where I spent a semester in college, but mostly that was for, mostly the music I encountered there was not songs, it was, it was instrumental tunes, but I'm getting distracted. Um, <laughs> and they happen in Scotland as well. And what they are is you go to, you go down the pub, you go to generally a pub or a bar, and you sing usually unaccompanied old songs usually unaccompanied, usually old. And uh, people have been doing this for centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. And the more general name for it is social singing because you gather as a group of people and you, the main rule is that you sing something other people can join in with. And is that specific to just bars? You call it a pub, pub sing? No, you can do it other places too. Okay. Like the one that happens, so I'm part of two pub sings in Providence. And the Quahog Choir pub sing happens here when we can have it safely. The other one is just the, pub, the Providence pub sing. And we've done it at, uh, the last two locations have been pizza places. <laughs> because that's who would like to have a bunch of traditional music nerds come to their space and sing usually old songs, but really anything you can join in on for hours while they eat and drink. 
So you mentioned traditional music. So yes. is that your genre of choice? Because I was not prepared for the kind of music that you were singing. It was oh. so, it was, you said some of it was from the 1600s or so can you tell us just about that? Because I am yeah. so interested to see how you got into this and what inspiration. Oh boy. You know? Right. So it started for me with traditional Irish tunes, which I said to a friend a couple of years ago that to me, traditional Irish tunes are what being alive sounds like. And so I have loved those since I started hearing them when I was about eight or nine, thanks to river dance, which is traditionally influenced, um, <laughs> uh, and also thanks to a movie called Quest for Camelot, which has some traditional Irish influences in the soundtrack. Um, and so I was really into traditional Irish tunes, and I went off to study abroad in Ireland in 2009 when I was in college, and I spent every waking moment that I could listening to sessions, which are pub sings, but for instruments, essentially. Um, so people gather and they play their instruments and they play uh, you know, uh, Irish music. And I soaked that up like a sponge. <laughs> and then I'm from Long Island, New York. And I, at, uh, when I was 27, I looked around and I thought, when I was 25, I looked around and I thought, okay, let me take stock of my life and where I'm at and what I want to do. And I was like, okay, I got to leave Long Island. And when I was 27, I called a friend of mine and I said, okay, what's the traditional Irish scene like in Boston? Because I was looking at moving to Boston. And I miss traditional Irish sessions because I haven't been to one since, since we were in Ireland because he went to Ireland with me. Or rather, we, we met there. And... Um, uh, and he said, oh, Boston's cool, but have you been to Providence? And I was like, nope, all I know is that you live here. <laughs> and so I came and visited him, and he had started the Providence pub sing at that point, I believe. And so I went to one, and I just, I was blown away. I was like, what is this? And how do I get more of it in my life <laughs> immediately, please and thank you? Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> that was in 2016. I moved in uh, October of 2016, and I've been here ever since. So the Irish uh, scene here is just <laughs> lively? So we do, have, we do have Irish sessions, obviously. Well, actually, Patrick's Pub is happening now, safely. Uh, but So we do have Irish sessions, but the pub sings are not... We don't have instruments. Our pub sing does not have instruments just voices. So we just gather and sing a bunch of acapella stuff like I did, except we all sing the choruses together. That's so fun. Um, and it's, there's a tremendous amount of different kinds of traditional folk music here. So there's the pub sings, there's the traditional Irish sessions, there's an old time jam, there's, uh, what else? Uh, Nick and Ease does a bunch of bluegrass, which I'm sure you know about. Um, so those are all different kinds of traditional music. Mm -hmm. And I love Rhode Island and specifically Providence because it is such a, it, it, is, it is just so full of this incredibly old, incredibly powerful, incredibly beautiful stuff that is so community-based. There's so much history in Rhode Island, Providence specifically. So you think that the music scene here, for you specifically, is just top tier? Oh, absolutely. 
So what did you do during COVID when you couldn't get together with large groups of people and go into public? I mean, that must have been so tough to not be able to perform. It was really hard not to be home for a while. Yeah. You know, um, but we, so the, the Providence uh, pub sing crowd is the Providence arm of the New England social singing community. There is a particularly large social singing community in New England. We have festivals, we have pub sings in different states. We, you know, like it's all a big, I hesitate to say family because I grew up in musical theater and we overuse that word, but the folk family is real, right? And so what we did was we started meeting over Zoom. And what we would do is we would have um, Zoom sings where obviously you can't sing together, but what you can do is you can uh, go around and everybody offers a song and you mute yourself and you sing along at home. And it's not the same. It's not the so same you, and for a while it was really hard. If you mute yourself, then you're not all singing together. Right. right, and at the beginning when we started doing Zoom sings, it was actually, I didn't, I didn't do them for a while because it was too painful because it reminded me of what we were missing. But then uh, after a while it was worth it just to see everybody. You know, and just to yeah. hear everybody's voices. Be social in some way. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned musical theater. I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest, from your voice, I could totally tell there was a theater background. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, you have a beautiful, lovely voice. Thank so you, you. You gave us a glimpse into your musical background. Can you give us more of a glimpse? What's your musical story like? What, what, what's your journey? How oh. did you get to here? Oh my goodness. Okay. So. Grew up in Long Island. I did. <laughs> I grew up on Long Island, and I can put on the accent if you really want me to, but it's, wow. a, whole, it's a whole process. And actually, I might be going a little Jersey on you, which we're not going to talk about because I don't like Jersey. But I, I like to keep my Rhode Island accent away <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. So my first stage show was a version of Cinderella that my fourth grade teacher wrote and directed. And there were eight fairy godmothers, four of which spoke, and one of which was me. I was nine, and I was bit by the theater bug real hard. (laughs) And so I did musical theater or um, straight plays. I don't like that way of referring to them. I would like a new one. Mm. Um, My whole growing up, I did them. And I still sometimes do them. And then when I was in college, I got a phone call because the, the Shakespeare show that my best friend was in was looking for a stage manager. And I stage managed Love's Labor's Lost with Northeast Stage on Long Island, and it blew my world apart. I love Shakespeare. I've always liked Shakespeare, but doing it makes it come alive in a totally different way. So actually, most of my theatrical passion is for Shakespeare. And I actually, there are a couple of songs from Shakespeare plays that I have put melodies to. Well, I was going to say, during your performance, you took somebody's poem and you turned Mm -hmm. it into a song. I mean, I'm sure that you could take Romeo and Juliet and make that a music. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a lot of music in Shakespeare already, actually, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you know. And I've uh, dabbled in Shakespeare. I'm not the most knowledgeable. (laughs) No, that's all right. Um, Come join us. It's so fun. Anyway... uh, (laughs) There's actually, there's a song from Hamlet that I have put a melody to, and there's a song from Othello that I learned for one of those Shakespeare plays that I did in college 
and kept in my head. So it was one of the first songs that I offered at a pub sing while I was here, uh, when I first moved here. Um, yeah, so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of music in Shakespeare. And actually, um, would you like a would you like a little uh, a little taste tid- tidbit yeah. situation? So here's a here's a uh, what's the word I want? Like um, um, blurb? Um, no. Uh, uh, Anybody out there? Anybody. Sample? <laughs> sample? Uh, I mean, I'll give you a sample, oh. but like a, a uh, nerdy little little piece of background about Elizabethan theater. Okay. <laughs> that, All right. That's what Perfect. I'm trying to say. So in Shakespeare's time, what they did was they took the tunes that were being sung already in, in the world and just applied those tunes to the lyrics. Okay. And so that's... Um, so the music changed all the time. People think that old stuff never changed. People think that like, oh, well, there was one way to sing Shakespeare and there was one way to, to do Shakespeare plays, but there were actually different versions of every Shakespeare play. And have they evolved at all? We only have a certain number of copies of each Shakespeare play. So, I mean, people do interpretations a lot, but we can't change the, or well, some people do. Some people do change the text. But anyway, uh, there are, so so the popular tunes of the time were the tunes for the Shakespeare songs. So my putting melodies to them is not all that weird, actually, because they did something like that back then. Mm-hmm. And actually, traditional folk, we have, <laughs> those of us in traditional folk talk about the folk process a lot, which is just the process of you're, you're handing this music down through generations. Things are going to change. Like, you can listen to a recording of the, of the person who got, the, fir- the person who first sang the song the first time it was written in a book, right? You can listen to that recording and everybody's gonna hear something different. Mm-hmm. And so you listen to the recording, you sing what you hear, or you learn it from someone else that you know and you sing what they taught you. And it might not be exactly what the words were. It might not be exactly the right words, but that's okay mm-hmm. because you know time is going to change things. We change lyrics because of things that are inappropriate or or are outdated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who collected these songs, like Helen Creighton, they sometimes went to the same people more than once, right? And sometimes when you went to somebody again later, their voice had changed because they got older, so they couldn't hit the same notes. So even that is the folk process as well. You're, you're going to deal with changes there as well. Yeah. It's alive. It's a living tradition. They're all living traditions, just like... Shakespeare is also a a living piece of of creativity mm-hmm. and being a person. Does that make sense? Yeah, you talk so lovingly about this kind of music and these songs. What do you love the most about these songs? Is it the history behind them? Is it the storytelling? I mean, you were choked up a few times while performing. There <laughs> the emotions that that they evoke. What I think what I love the most about this music is kind of a combination of the first two because 
I sometimes jokingly say, the older something is or the easier it is to sing with other people, the more likely I am to sing it. <laughs> um, what I love about this stuff is it connects us to so many people. It doesn't just connect us to other people who sing along on the chorus, like you did. <laughs> it doesn't just connect us to other people we might share a stage with if we choose to do that with this music. It also connects us to people who lived and died, in some cases, centuries before we were even a thought. Mm -hmm. It connects us to, like, Dave Weber, the man who wrote the first song that I sang, lives in England, and I may never have met him if not for this music, and he's one of my favorite people in the world, mm. you know? But it, it connects us to, so there are echoes of hundreds of thousands of people in everything, every note that I sing, every word that I sing, because anyone who's ever sung it is with me every time I do. Mm -hmm. You're so knowledgeable about the history too. I mean, after Thank every you. song you would explain a little bit about the lyrics and a little bit about the meaning, and I think that that's... God, I hope I didn't uh, bore you. <laughs> no, it was so impressive to me that you, oh, that you could remember not just the lyrics, but the stories behind the lyrics, I mean. That's really important to me though, you know? I mean, some of these songs are written, and some of these songs, like Patience Kershaw, is a written song, but it's based on an actual testimony that a 17-year-old gave, you know, a hundred and change years ago, you know? And it's really important to me to keep her name attached to this song and to know who she was and why she said this. You know, it's a, it's, that's, to me, being part of this particular kind of music is an absolute honor, but it's also, there is, there is a, a duty almost attached. I don't like the word duty, but there is, there is a responsibility attached mm -hmm. to carrying on this music because to me, it's not just about the words or the lyrics or the, or the melodies. It's about the people, people attached to them because you're keeping them alive just like you're keeping the songs alive. Mm -hmm. That's what's so special about this. It's so easy to just forget something or have it fade away, and so you're really, you're keeping it alive every time that you sing these songs. I'm trying to, anyway. Yeah. And I should say, forgetting stuff is allowed. A lot of the times, uh, I have a friend who, if he drops a lyric, he'll look up at the, he'll look up at the um, ceiling and say, it's on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we... Forgetting stuff, or like I said before, changing words is okay as long as you know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And if in the case of forgetting stuff, that's allowed. People forget stuff all the time. You know, the people collecting stuff forgot things. There's so much to remember. That yeah, that, like, yeah. what matters is that you tell the story. And in my case, what matters also is that I have some background so that I can ground it in where it came from and, and who it's about or who made it or you know, the tradition it comes from, because there's also, as a white woman, right, there's also an element of, I have a responsibility to understand what I'm singing and where it comes from, because a lot of the traditions that I am connected to come from people of color and come specifically from black traditions. Mm. And so I am, that is a duty to me, to know that information and to respect it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%, totally. Um, it seems like you've had some pretty awesome times singing this 
these types of songs and performing. What has been your favorite memory while performing so far? Wow, that's, um, we're not even specifically performing, I guess just your favorite memory on this journey, (laughs) you know, like being a part of these songs. Can I tell you two? (laughs) I'll allow two. Okay, if we have time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not Um, One is, so Dave Weber has also written other songs, and he has this beautiful love song called Bonnet and Shawl that I absolutely adore. And I learned it. It was one of the first songs that I learned. And when I met him a couple of years later at a folk festival that was a week-long camp, Trad Mad Camp, guys, traditional music and dance camp in Plymouth, Mass. Go to it. It's magic. There are scholarships. It's in August. Just saying. Anyway, um, I met him at Trad Mad, and I said to a friend of mine, Dave Weber is going to be a Trad Mad. I, I'm so excited to meet him, and I'm so nervous. And she said, you have to sing him Bonnet and Shoal. And I was like, What? no, I can't do that. I'll do it wrong and I'll embarrass myself. And she said, no, 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 trust me. Trust me, you have to do it. And I, by the end of the week, he was so warm and so wonderful as a person that I felt safe doing that. And so I said, Dave, I have something to sing. Will you, is that, is that okay? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I sang Bonnet and Shawl and he harmonized with me. Mm. And then at the end of it, he said, I wrote that. And she just sang it. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced because he was so open to it. He was so excited about it. He was so welcome to it. And like, it was such a beautiful, you know, uh, lived experience of the tradition, you know? It's probably such a compliment to him too. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) My other favorite that immediately jumps to mind is the first time I ever did a solo gig. I was performing at a friend's house. House concerts are so great. They're my favorite. (laughs) Anyway, so I was performing at a friend's and uh, the last song that I did is a song called Here Is My Home by Cy Khan. And it's about how he feels that his home is where he is singing with other people. Um, And the the first first verse is... uh, Good friends from whom we now must part, where are we bound? Your hands and voices lift my heart. Here is my home. And the whole song is about, you know, how how beautiful that is. And it's a very important song to me, and it's one of my favorites. And I closed the concert with it. And because we all sing together all the time on all the choruses, I expected everybody to sing with me, and they did what I didn't expect was for this room full of my favorite people and people I admire and people I love and people I look up to and people I know really well, they got up, all of them, collectively made the decision to get up in the middle of the song and come on stage and surround me while we sang it. While we sang it. And I, I, I can't believe I got through that without crying, <laughs> but I did. That must have been such a beautiful, wholesome moment. It was really gorgeous. It was really gorgeous, and it really epitomized for me what is so special about this genre, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, traditional folk music lends itself to those moments without being cloying or schmaltzy, you know? It's about connecting to other people. There seems to be a lot of togetherness to this to this music. Yeah, there's a lot of sharing in it. And you want, when you perform, do you want your audience to feel that too? What do you want your audience to, to experience during your shows? I would like them to feel connected to the stories and to the people 
that the songs connect me to. I would like them to feel a part of this incredibly living, incredibly like mobile, incredibly connective way of singing stuff. Because I think, you know, in, especially in 2022, we need this kind of music. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I want people to, I want people to have fun. I want people to be happy. I want people to enjoy themselves. But I want them to feel connected to the people who came before us and the people who are behind what I am offering them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. No, everything you've said makes complete sense. Yeah, I love it. Great. Do you have any anything that you want to shout out or any um, Facebook Lives coming up or anything oh. like that? Um, I have a Facebook Live concert on Friday the 13th. Ooh, with uh, my friend and sometimes musical colleague, Sarah Murdoch, who is amazing. I know everybody says that about everybody, but truly, truly, she has an absolute powerhouse of a voice. And uh, we are going to, we, we sometimes get to sh split bills and, and share the stage, and she is coming to visit me so that we can record some custom vinyls of her originals that people have ordered recently, on which she has asked me to harmonize. And then at the end of that, we're going to celebrate being in the same space by doing a Facebook live stream on my Facebook page. That's awesome. I'm so excited. And that's going to be on your Facebook page? Yes. Awesome. What is your Facebook page? Let's Kate Clifford Music. Awesome. That's my, and that's Kate with a C, friends. Um, <laughs> Kate Clifford Music is my Facebook page and also my Instagram. And uh, I do have a Twitter, but I'm not on that one as much. Uh, and kate-clifford.com is my website. And let's see, did I forget anything? Oh, I do have a band camp. Oh, awesome. Um, that's a thing. And I'm also on SoundCloud. Uh, is the band camp uh, Kate Clifford music as well? Uh, it's just Kate Clifford, Kate actually. Clifford. Okay. Yes. Um, but if you go to any of the other social media that I mentioned or my website, you will be you will find a link to that thing. Awesome. And without giving too much away, I have uh, I might have a surprise soonish. So maybe maybe people should. Keep their eyes out. Yeah. Without saying anything more about all that. Right, all right. Be on the watch, people, because something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. That's all the time that we have left today. Thank you so but much, you Tess. So much. You're an absolute delight. You too. Kate Clifford, everyone. I'm Tess Lyons with Motif Magazine's Between the Notes. Thank you so much to Trinity Beer Garden, R1 Indoor Carding. Um, Fall River Festival Fabric Arts Festival. <laughs> And Graysale for sponsoring. And thank you so much to the parlor again, too, Yay! for allowing us here. Sponsors we'll and parlor. You. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. This has been Motifs Between the Notes. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode. The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and Fabric Fall River. And thank you for listening.